kind of get nervous. It's always the days before uh, presenting anything are he terrible. They're horrible. But one, once, once you're standing here and you look around and you see that you're in the right place, it's great. Anyway, could we turn up to uh, Luke's Gospel? Um, and we'll look at Luke chapter 1, verse 52. No, that's not right. Is that right? Next. Chapter 2. It's 2. Chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Um, <coughs> this is a, 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 a piece of scripture which has in it the first words that Jesus ever spoke, they're recorded by Luke through the Holy Spirit. Its purpose is quite clear once we go into the detail. And if you know about Luke, he was a doctor. And he was uh, very meticulous in his preparation of Scripture. And he has written... This book and Acts as uh, an education for a chap called Theophilus. But in actual fact, it's really suitable for all of us. It's very detailed, it's very particular, and it is really, along with Acts, um, one of the most important two books in Scripture. Um, it's called a the infancy narrative. And it follows the line from what we're, we're going to be hearing about. We've started to sing the hymns about Jesus' birth, and it follows on from that beautiful scene of the, the gentle baby. And I think sometimes if, if, if these words weren't here, it would have been 29 to 30 years between his birth and his uh, starting his work. There's a preparation time that was needed. And this is like a little insert that shows us the path, the predestined path that Jesus was going to be going on and his involvement with his mum and dad. Um, we heard earlier today that... Um, Jesus was fully human. He was open to temptation and all the other things that befell, befell us, befell man in the past, but he didn't sin. That is critical to understanding what it's all about. So if we'll just read through these verses first, and then I've got a few notes to, to hopefully highlight to you. They've, they've certainly been an education to me, um, and uh, I've read one or two other uh, sources, so a lot, some of this is not just my own thoughts. It's uh, people um, who are well acquainted with Scripture in the past who have helped me. Okay, um, chapter 2, verse 41, and I'm reading from the NIV 
Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And Jesus replies, obviously, next. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother measured all these, treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and nature and in favor with God and men. Amen. <clears throat> if I could just recap then, um, uh, Luke's Gospel takes us through the birth of John the Baptist. It's, as I said, it's in great detail. The birth, of, uh, the birth of John the Baptist foretold, firstly, the birth of Jesus foretold, and Mary visiting Elizabeth, who was um, John the Baptist's mum. The birth of John the Baptist, the birth of Jesus, and Jesus is born, Jesus is presented to the temple, and Jesus, the boy in the temple. So the part we're at in that infancy narrative is Jesus in the temple. These are his first recorded words, as I said before. And you have to remember that this is during a period when he's only 12-year-old. When a boy is 12-year-old, he becomes no longer a child. He becomes a young man in that society. Nowadays, we think of children becoming mature much later. But at 12, in that time, he would be starting to work with his dad. He'd have been educated well in Scripture up until that point, and at this, at this time, he would become subject to the law, it is said. He's fit at this point to discuss with the teachers and the learned people in the temple, and that's what he was doing. He's taking up his responsibilities and obligations. Jesus has a firm understanding, I feel, at this point in time of who he is and where he's going. If you remember, Mary treasured all these things that were told to her through God teaching her through the birth of the child. We heard reference to Mary's song earlier. And these all impinged upon her heart. She didn't forget these things. These were important to Mary. 
They're important to most mothers. They keep all these things in their hearts all their lives. And that's, I think, where Luke got this information from. It doesn't appear anywhere else. Luke got it from Mary. Can you imagine Mary telling Luke? Yeah, I, I remember when he was 12 and, and the Holy Spirit would be speaking to Luke and Luke would go, that's important. And he wrote it down. He wrote it down and he wrote it down for her it's here. And it's just a wonderful scenario that these things are, these, these things actually happened. These are the details of Jesus' life that are important to us. We go through these same things. We go through that educational process that we need. We have to understand that um, we are tempted, but we've got Jesus to refer back to. He is taking up his responsibilities and obligations. He knows at that point in time, the family visit every year. They go these, it's 150 kilometers from to Jerusalem, and they walk that distance. There's no buses. They've got their food to carry. There's no food stops. And they do this every year, and there will be crowds of them. See how Mary and Joseph would actually lose sight of Jesus. But this is the, the process. He's taking up his responsibilities and obligations. Where would he be but not in the temple. The temple is where the Jews go to meet God. That's where they go. When we come to church, it's not this building we come to meet God. We are the church. We come to meet each other. That's where we meet God. Jesus is doing something similar, and he tells us that later that the church, the kingdom has come and it's in you. The church, the kingdom is in you people. Wherever we are is where the church is. And there's important things to learn from that about seeking God. We don't seek God except in the church amongst the people. He is moving on, as I said. He is prepared at this stage from moving on from being a child to a youth, responsibilities become more serious, more demanding, but he is preparing for a, a later date. He is preparing for his purpose in ministry to begin in this world. And he's steadfast to that. He is talking to the rabbis, he's talking to the teachers, asking questions. And scripture tells us he's answering questions at this young age. That's amazing. The power of the Holy Spirit is answering these questions. It's just tremendous. His perception of where he is is amazing. Um, his mom and dad come to him looking for him, searching. They've traveled for a day. They've traveled back. They've searched for a day. And finally, they find him. And he says, well, well, what? did you not know I would be here? I mean, he's not, he's not being sharp with them. 
Yeah. He's gently saying to them, look, I'm about something bigger than just being brought up as a wee boy. You've told me the stories about my birth. You've told me a story about the kings. You've told me a story about God has said to you. And I've studied scripture. I know where I'm going. I know where I have to be. And he's gentle with them. I think that's an amazing thing. Where was it? The words are... I'm looking at the wrong side of the page. Why were you searching for me? <clears throat> they should have known where he was. It's their fault that they missed him. You can imagine what it's like with crowds of people coming up from Nazareth. They all know each other. They've done this many times, this journey. They arrive in Jerusalem. They have their celebrations. And they forget about Jesus. Because Jesus is doing what a lot of the other boys and children are doing. They're in the temple. They're finding out things. And they just, they all get together and they all move off. But some of them don't. Maybe Jesus was the only one that didn't. He was so enthralled. They didn't look for him at that time. They assumed he was with, it was their fault. You know, there's a sort of, they should have actually looked for me, should he was there. But they assumed. It's not a big fault. It's just, just the way it is. And Jesus says, well, if you were looking for me, if you had have looked for me, you'd have found me here. <laughs> this is where I've been for the last two or three days. Um, and it's a gentle reminder to them. And they must have stood back and gone, goodness, this is, a, this is the Son of God we're talking about here. We should have known. We should have known. And I think Mary would have gone, right, tick, I'm putting that one in my heart. I'm going to remember that we error there. I'm going to remember who my son is. Um, and I think we've all got to remember who Jesus is. And his father, Joseph, isn't quoted, but he would be along the same lines. Men are not as effusive about these things. The women are the ones that remember it. I don't remember. She will tell you. She remembers stuff I don't remember. And it's about the children, the mostly she'll say, don't you remember? And Mary's saying to Luke, I remember. And Luke's writing it down. This is important. This shows us quite clearly the humanity of Jesus. We see the humanity of the birth. We see this humanity as a youth at that crucial point of moving from a boy to taking on responsibilities. And we see him later as he, he takes up his task. Fundamental training and learning is important to us all. If somebody says to you, I don't read my scripture, I don't need to, I'm saved, they're lying, they're sliding back. You've been given a task. Jesus said, take the gospel and pass it on. How can you pass it on if you don't take it in yourself? 
it's just not possible. Um, writers, uh, what's his name? Spurgeon. Spurgeon said the same thing. I read it. 1882, there was a sermon he did. And in it he says, what he really says is, rubbish in, rubbish out. It's like computers. And that's what he says. If you don't take it in, if you haven't taken it out in, how can you, how can you pass it out? How can you tell people about Christ? How can you tell them about the detail? How can you be convincing if you sit there and say, no, I've given up reading. I know enough. You don't know enough. There's none of us know enough. You'll never know enough. You just cannot plumb the depths of Scripture. You can't, these are just a few words we've got here. And you can't plumb the depth of them. I'm, going, I'm skating across the surface of what is meant by what's written here. And it's good to skate a little, because if you take it too deeply the first time around, you'll never get there. And it's always good to come back. And if you come across something you don't understand fully, it's not to be worried about. Remember it. Remember that you don't understand that bit. And put it into your heart for a later date. As sure as eggs is eggs, there'll be another piece of scripture pops up later, and you'll go, oh look, I've got the answer to that one as well. Save up the things you don't understand. Read your scripture, learn. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. After 12, at 12 year old, he is discoursing, with the teachers and the rabbis on their level. Why does it take another 17 years for him to be ready to start his ministry? Because there was a lot more he needed to learn, a lot more he needed to experience as a human being so that he could stand at the, at the, the, when he was ministering to it and say, I've been there, I've experienced this. I've been patient. I've had to wait. All of these things Jesus experienced. There's nothing that you or I are going through that he has not experienced. Well, there might be one or two, but I mean, sin is obviously something that he did not experience, but he experienced the temptation. The devil tempted him, took him into the countryside, into the desert immediately after he was baptized. He was tempted beyond what we could understand. And here we see the preparation that for his human existence was needed. As the Son of God, as the, the Son in heaven, as one of the, 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 the triune God parts, he didn't need any of this. The Holy Spirit guided him. He wasn't relying on the Holy Spirit being him. He wasn't relying on any of his Godhead for this. He was doing it the hard way. And that was such an amazing thing. Then he says, I must be in my father's business. There's or house. There's some conjecture about actually translation, but the important point about it is 
is the must be. He must be about his father's business. He must be in his father's house. We must be about God's business. We must be amongst our friends and family in the faith. We must be and remain in the church. That is so important. When we find ourselves in difficulties, we have it to turn away and say, I can't handle this. You must handle it. You might say, I can't pray. You must pray. Pray to God and say, look, I'm having difficulty praying. Get annoyed if you must. Deal with it. It's a must. This is about what must be done. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. He had to be in the temple. He had to learn everything that was to be learned. He had to experience life. And he does. And then you just have to remember these wonderful words as well. As an encouragement to us all, Psalm 122, verses 1 and 2. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates. That's what that psalm says. When we're together, that's where we are. That's where we should be. Jesus teaches us about seeking as well. And he teaches us about Mary and Joseph and their human fact that they lost sight of who Jesus was. This can happen to us all. We can take things for granted. And it's in the good times when things are going perfectly well that we lose sight because we have distractions. We've been talking recently through the, the Tuesday evenings about this business, about emptying ourselves, taking things that are too much with us and putting them away from us. Not that we don't use them. We, we've been talking about uh, um, Abraham asked to sacrifice Isaac. Um, and God supplies the ram. But Abraham doesn't lose all his sheep and goats and property. He doesn't lose all of that. It just becomes of no particular value to him. He has returned to God. He was asked to give up his most treasured possession, which was Isaac, and he was willing to do so. It released him from a blindness that we all can have when things are going well, especially. When we're in difficulties, it's easier. It's easy to turn to God. Well, it's not easy. <laughs> when you're in difficulty, we turn to God. You know, in easy times, when things are going well, we forget God. That's our, that's our, that's our nature. And we have to learn to not to do that. We have to learn to say, oh, it is a rainy night, but I'm going out to the prayer meeting. 
I want to be with these guys. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is saying here. You should have known where to find me. You should have known. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. If you feel lost, Jesus is seeking to save you. We must remember that as well because we go through difficult patches in our life. Maybe some of us have got friends that have lost a child or something and they can't deal with it. They can't deal with it. They don't trust God. They don't go to church. We pray for a couple that that has happened to. And it's, it's not nice to see the place they should be is in church with believers opening scripture and learning that plans are made by God. He is there. There is a purpose. Learn to believe that. Learn to have faith. Learn to move on. Spurgeon wrote, and I'm going to close after this, I think I'm drying up. (laughs) I just... uh, And and, and Spurgeon wrote this. Be encouraged and do not go about among your kinsfolk seeking him, nor with bitter tears and cries of despair. Look for him as if he were hidden from you. You have to seek him, but he's not hidden. He is not far from any one of us. He stands before us and he bids you trust him. Look to him and be saved. Amen. And I'll just pray for a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your wonderful word, for all your teaching that is in there and for your, your writers and people who wrote these books for us. We thank you and ask you to Bless all that is said in this place with these people, with each other. Just ask you to continue to care for us, for us to care for each other, and to know that you seek us to save us as we will. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.